Hey team of Eternal Optimists, it's Matt Rincon here. And before we launch into today's epic conversation, I've got a big announcement. Drum roll, please. My brand new book is coming out on March 8th. And perhaps even better news, you can get it for only 99 cents on Amazon that day. We don't run ads on the show. And if you ever want to give back and support the Eternal Optimist community, go to Amazon on March 8th and get the Kindle version for only 99 cents. Just search for the book title, The Eternal Optimist. It's never too late. And you can download it directly to your device. Now, let's get to the show. Hello, and welcome to the Eternal Optimist podcast. My name is Matt Drinkon, and I'm an Eternal Optimist who's here every single day, living and learning, baby. So when the tough stuff comes, we're learning from it. When the smooth stuff comes, we're learning from it. Everything that comes our way, we're going to learn from it. We're going to take that. If you have an attitude of optimism or pessimism, doesn't matter where extreme you might fall or somewhere in the middle, each and every one of us can learn lessons from everyday life and use those to our advantage to serve ourselves, our families, our people, our companies, and the world. And that's what we're here to do today, my friends. Before we get started, I would encourage you to connect with me on any of my social media accounts on Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn or YouTube, any of them. Look up Eternal Optimist Podcast, look up Matt Drinkon, and I'm looking forward to connecting with you, my friends. And the most, the most amazing thing you might do is to go over there and give a rating and review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you're listening to this podcast today. That genuinely helps us get the word out. Please, please, please share that with people out there. Thanks so much. Today's episode is going to be a barn buster. It's with Mrs. Lila Woolwind. If that name sounds familiar, it should. She will be the fourth member of this family, the, the amazing Walwind family that I've had on the show. Now, first of all, the origin story of Lila is amazing. Now, she talked about school and talked about when she went to school, she thought that if she memorized and regurgitated all that stuff back, she could probably get A's. But she didn't just want to get A's. And with her family today, she wants to figure out how things work and reach the whys of how things work. So she's homeschooled her family. Well, what realization uh, oh, led her to that? The realization that they were teaching things for us to memorize in school, not teaching us necessarily how to solve problems, how to be effective in communicating, connecting with people, how to understand finance, how to understand some of the things in the world they just don't teach you in school. Well, she has educated herself, her family on this, and as a result, she's got a couple of sons who are 16 or younger, who are already are published authors, who have large real estate portfolios, these are things that are happening in her family. Her approach is to attack her fears head on. And well, she does that quite nicely in this episode today. She talks about the value of finding a mentor. She talks about the goal in life is not balance. It's integration and integrating your family and your learning and your work and everything so you can do all these things and love every single minute of it. Her kids have their own mastermind, millionaires in training, and she talks about the importance of reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad uh, by Robert Kiyosaki in her afterthoughts today. Now, Lila's got a great sense of humor. She's also got a great business demeanor. This is a woman who has successfully led this company to invest in hundreds of real estate properties and these are growing real estate magnets in our country right now. I encourage you, I implore you, listen deeply to the fourth member that I've had on the show of this amazing Woolwind family. I invite you to listen to Miss Lila Woolwind. Enjoy. 
Hello, and welcome to the Eternal Optimist Podcast, the show for optimists by optimists. This is the show for people who see the good in the world and want to make a positive difference in the lives of their families and communities. Each week, you'll hear inspiring stories that will get you thinking bigger and playing more offense in life. With your host and high-performance coach, Matt Drinkon. Hello. I would love to welcome my friend, a fellow business professional who's having an impact in the world, someone who is a passionate parent, someone who's a teacher, who's schooling, homeschooling, and teaching many people how to live the lives of their dreams and find financial freedom. I could go on and on forever about how awesome Lila Woolwind is, but I will ask her some questions. Let her tell her story. Lila, welcome to the show today. Thank you for having me on here. I appreciate it. And my entire family really appreciated seeing you when we were traveling and getting to sit down with you and your wife. That was an amazing night and it was a pleasure to spend your anniversary with you. Yeah, that's amazing. That's always going to be remembering that. On my anniversary with Julie on January 18th, we happened to meet the Woolwind family here in Charlotte, North Carolina, face-to-face. They're on a speaking tour. They flew down on their plane because they're pilots. And they fly down on their plane to North Carolina to go and do some public speaking. And they were kind enough to take a few minutes with us. And we met them. And it was easy to talk to you guys. So I'm glad that we got a chance to meet in a memorable way. While we're getting started here, I would say that your family has had a very large impact on mine already in a number of ways. The first I would say is that when I was gifted by Ethan, his book, The Treehouse, which I'm holding up, you can see in the camera. Ethan was 12 years old when I met him. He's 13 now, but he was, I think he was 12 years old, like like a couple months ago when we met. And uh, Ethan when he wrote this book and he gave it to me and I shared it with my daughter, my daughter said, I want to write a book. So my seven-year-old wants to write a book because she was inspired that 12-year-old Ethan wrote a book. Of course, that led to sharing the other book, The Garage. Devin, he's currently 15 and he's going to be 60 soon. Wow. He's got more real estate than most adults in the country and he doesn't even drive yet. That's crazy. So I've got his book and then we got Your Family Success Triangle, which is also a bestseller on Amazon. I'm sure we're going to talk about all these things, but your family's had an amazing impact on us. You've been very gracious in introducing us to people. That's who we're talking with today, my friends out there in the podcast land, is we're talking to someone who is an expert networker, is an expert at serving other people. And you know, I'd love to go back in time, Lila, and look at in your life, what was it like growing up? Just walk us through from the beginning. Love to hear some of your origin story if we can. So growing up, my mom was my first grade teacher, which I thought should make me really want to love school, but I didn't. I actually had problems in school, but I learned how to play the game. I learned if I memorized and I could regurgitate all this information on a test, I could get an A. And people kept telling me that was a good student, but then I would get away from school and I couldn't apply anything that I was learning. And so I was very frustrated and it wasn't until I got into college and I met the man that I would eventually marry, Eric, and he taught me what I was doing wrong. I was memorizing, regurgitating and getting A's, but I wasn't actually learning the information. And he taught me a whole new way to actually learn information, which was a very huge turning point for me. And so after we got married and we started going to these different conferences and learning about money and investing and things that I hadn't learned in school, I knew that when I had kids, what I wanted to do was homeschool them so I could give them all this information that I never got. And I could teach it to them in a way that they would actually learn the information and not just memorize information and pass a test. 
And so my first challenge was convincing Eric to homeschool because he didn't know anything about it. And in all honesty, neither did I. I just knew that that would give me the freedom and the opportunity to do the things that I wanted to do with my children. And so the only people that I knew really that were homeschooling were some cousins of mine. And so I introduced them to my husband at the time. And after he saw how mature and grown up and intelligent that they were and very well-spoken, he looked at me and he goes, okay, we can homeschool. (laughs) And so I had won my challenge of convincing him, but then I had to figure out what to do next. And I really, not knowing a whole lot of anything, started looking for any kind of curriculum or things I could teach our kids that would have money and investing and all these things out there. And it didn't exist. I couldn't find it anywhere. And so I got frustrated and I thought, well, I want to teach this to my kids. How can I do this? And so I just decided I'm going to create my own curriculum. I'm going to make it all up. And they're going to have a business and investing class from the time they're in preschool on. As my kids started learning, which they pretty much did from the time they were born, I knew that this is what I was going to teach them. Now, I had no idea that they would start investing at a young age. That wasn't the goal. I just thought if I could give them this information early, how much better off they would be by the time they were adults. And when I had a five-year-old go up to my husband and say, Dad, I think it's time for me to start investing. It was just this momentous feeling of knowing that, look, we've been teaching him these things and now he wants to start applying them. So you can't tell him no. You just have to figure out how can we help him do this? If I could dive in and interrupt for a second, what was it like that night after the kids went down to sleep? What was the conversation between you and Eric like after Devin came to you at the age of five and said, it's time for you to invest? What was that evening or that moment like for you guys as parents? Honestly, we didn't necessarily discuss it that evening. Eric gave Devin the perfect answer because Devin said, I want to start investing. What should I invest in? And my husband, being the amazing man he is, looks at Devin and says, Devin, you should invest in what you know. And so Devin pauses and he's just this five-year-old kid and you can see the wheels turning. He goes, but dad, all I know are Legos. Eric tells him, we'll find a way to invest in Legos. The five-year-old goes off on his own. And later on, we get in these Lego magazines and he would usually dog ear pages and circle things that he wanted for gifts. And we had gotten a Lego magazine and it had been more than three hours and he hadn't even looked through it yet. And I had made a comment to him, are you going to start marking things that you want in here? And he goes, I don't know, mom. I didn't get the one I really wanted for Christmas. And I started laughing and I said, well, it's because the one you circled was from a really old magazine and they retired that set. I said, so I could have bought that one at a really high price or I could go and buy two other newer sets and get you two of the other ones you wanted. And he stops and he goes, what do you mean retired? I said, well, after a while, Lego stops making things. And then the price goes up on them because other people are selling them. And I could just see the light bulb go on. And all of a sudden he realized how he could make money in Legos. He would buy a set, he'd hold on to it till they retired it, and then he could sell it for more money. So he figured out how to invest in Legos at the age of five. Eric didn't even realize how he came up with the idea until we were writing our book, The Family Success Triangle. And I was writing how he came up with that idea because I was part of that with him. And Eric just stopped me and he goes, wait a second, I never knew that's how that happened. And I'm like, well, you never asked. I thought it was great that a five-year-old could figure that out. And he put it all together because I didn't put it together. I just figured I was looking for presents for him. But he was actually looking at how can I invest in that? And he was thinking it through. And that was pretty good for a (sighs) five-year-old. 
Yeah, yeah, amazing for a five-year-old, amazing for an 18-year-old, uh, but for a five-year-old to have that level of self-awareness and want to do that. Had you already been homeschooling Devin at the age of five? So we weren't doing any kind of formal schooling, so to speak, but I took every opportunity to make something a learning opportunity. For example, bath time, we'd be singing songs about animals or about water, or we'd be talking about the rain cycle. And so everything that we did, it didn't matter what we were doing, if it was swimming or playing or what, it was a learning experience. And you can turn anything into that. I mean, we took every moment, every vacation we took, every trip we took was always something in regards to education as well as having fun. And if the kids learn that learning things is fun, learning becomes so much better. And then they're more motivated to do the things that they want to do. It's interesting, the more we travel around and talk to these different families, kids, they've got these dreams. They want to do these things. And they just don't know that they could do it right now. And it's funny because sometimes the parents don't think their kids are very motivated at all. And then I start asking questions about what are the kids like? And, oh, would you like to run a business where people pay you to do this thing that you like to do? And the kids get really excited. My kids are not an anomaly. It's just most parents aren't encouraging their kids to get started really early. They don't look at it as how can I help them do that right now? They just think, oh, yeah, you can do that when you grow up. And that's what we always ask them. What do you want to be when you grow Mm. up? We never seem to stop and ask, what do you want to be right now? It's amazing what they can do or what they can learn, even at a young age. I think you're great at modeling that because you had shared that when you were away at college and you met Eric, it was easy for you to memorize and regurgitate things and get grades like that, but you weren't truly learning it. You took some feedback or something from Eric, something he had mentioned. I'm curious if you could take us back, what realization or method did you and Eric come to or did he share with you that caused you to shift how you learned, Lila? So he realized what I was doing was just memorizing so I could give answers on a test. He goes, why don't you actually figure out how this works? And he would sit down with me and he'd say, okay, well, you know, this is organic chemistry. And if you just look at the structure of this and he would like talk me through how I could think through the problem versus just memorizing the answer, because it's great if you can give the right answer, but if you don't know why it's the right answer, it really doesn't matter because when you go to apply it somewhere else, it isn't gonna make a difference. But Eric could literally take things he learned in science and apply it to cooking, or he would take things from English class and he would apply it in history or something completely different and it fascinated me. And at first I thought he was just a genius. And then he talked about how when he was in school, he was actually in a special ed class because he was having problems reading. And it was a special teacher that sat down and actually took the time to teach him how to learn that made the big difference for him. He just got it way earlier than I did. Yeah, that's amazing. So he had a challenge in learning. Someone took the time to invest in him and help him to figure out the why behind it. You are really great at the book learning and memorizing things. You've learned how to do that successfully. And he gave a dose of here's a perspective of how to remember it and why. So you both now are expert learners or you're highly ranked learners. I'd say expert, but you're probably pretty humble, but you're really good at learning now. And now you've transferred that love of learning to your children. It's fascinating. Awesome. If we can go back to when you began to homeschool, I'm thinking about it now because before I got involved in a group of mastermind I'm in now at the Front Row Dads about four years ago in 2019, I didn't know much about homeschooling, Lila. It, it seems to me when I was growing up in rural Indiana, Back in high school, back in the mid early 90s, the people that were the homeschool, they had a stigma attached to them that they're like the antisocial. They don't know how to connect with people 
or I don't know, it was just such a stigma attached to it. And I think that stigma has started to evaporate, if not gone now. But I'm curious how you approached ideas of, are they going to be socialized to other kids around them? Are they going to miss out on something if they don't go to like the regular school that most people are expected to go to? How did you face that challenge, that thought of making the switch to homeschool? That was a concern of ours because obviously we wanted our kids to be able to talk to kids and adults alike. Devin was my quiet one. And when I realized that I was introducing him to somebody and he was hiding behind my leg, I said, oh, no, we're not doing that. And I actually put him in a kid's acting class so that he had to get up in front of people. But they made it fun. And after he got used to doing that, it became easier for him, which is how I got over one of my fears of public speaking is getting into a group like that and Toastmasters and things just so that I didn't have that fear. We were at a martial arts class and Devin's in class and they were just finishing up. And the guy that was sitting to my left found out I was homeschooling and just started pretty much yelling at me for how I'm ruining my kids and he's going to be totally antisocial. And the guy on my right taps my knee and said, is that your kid down there running for president? And Devin's literally on the front of the bleachers, shaking one person's hand and introducing himself and then moving on to the next person saying, hi, I'm Devin. He literally is introducing himself to everybody. And the guy, I just looked over at the guy on my left and he looked away and refused to talk to me again because he realized that my child's not antisocial. He's the exact opposite. And so it was a really pleasurable moment. I actually wrote about it in our book simply because I want people to understand that it isn't about whether you're homeschooled or not that makes you antisocial. It's the people that you hang out with. It's where you take them, what you do. It's how you teach them. And if they do have a fear, you need to address it so that it gets handled, that they can overcome that fear. And once they learn they can overcome Mm. one fear they'll learn they can overcome them all. I love the way you're approaching this. You approach your fears head on. You did it through going to Toastmasters. You offered Devin the opportunity to overcome it by an acting class that was fun for kids. Maybe the selfish ego me is kind of getting a little bit excited right now. Just think about that story of that guy who's yelling at you and then you can point down to your son and look who's down there doing that. Maybe just I'm cheering for you and like, yeah, gotcha (laughs) uh, towards that guy right now a little bit. Uh, Maybe that's a little bit of ego, but I'm happy that that happened. So can you talk a little bit more about how you've learned to approach fears head on? Yes. When I was in high school, I had a big fear of essentially people. I was very quiet, shy, really good at being the wallflower. One of my teachers recommended that I take an acting class. He said it would help me overcome that. So I did. And I fell in love with theater. It was a great place to be, very accepting. The people that I met there were inspiring. And when it was all said and done, I got over my fear of talking in front of people. I might not always say the perfect thing, but I know if I go up there and my focus is not on me as the person up there, but it's on what that audience needs then suddenly the fear isn't there anymore because it isn't about me. It's all about them. And if I can help one person in that audience or if I can entertain one person in that audience, it's worth it. It's a lot about that. Most people's fears are all internal. It's all worried about what can go wrong or might go wrong. And it's not necessarily rooted in any kind of reality. So what we need to do is take the focus off our own fear and on what we want to accomplish. And once your focus is somewhere different, you'll accomplish so much more. Was there a time in your public speaking and training career when you can identify that you lost the fear and it became a shift to now it's truly all about them? Was there any particular phase where you let go of that fear and you just got your groove and 
became totally confident doing it, Lila? The fear is still there. Before I start with any group, I still feel it. But then I just say to myself, well, what can I give this audience? What can I help them with that might make their lives a little bit better? Because that's the whole goal, right? Is just to make the world a better place. But the minute I have that thought, I stop being afraid and I start focusing on what I need to do or what they might need me to do. That's all it takes sometimes just to get through what needs done. And in the end, you end up feeling so much better, especially if you can see that you made an impact on whoever you're talking to. Can you share with us a story of one of the speeches or events that you've done and someone that came to you later, either after that event or followed up with you later and shared that they put into action what you share, what you taught them. What's the story around that that has given you some satisfaction or feel good? One of the kids that came to one of our speaking groups was only three years old. His parents were a little concerned that he might be too young. And I said, no, he's going to come with us and he's going to do great. Part of what we do at some of the speaking engagements is we start all together, but then we separate and the kids come with Devin, Ethan, and I, and Eric is talking to the adults so that both sides get what they need to learn. So this three-year-old comes in with us, no parents, no, it's just him and the rest of us kids. We go through our entire thing. And sometimes he's out of his seat and he comes up, he actually came up once and stood right in front of me while I was speaking. And I said, do you want to come up and teach with me? And he looked at me, he goes, no, but he's continued to stand there and that was okay. And so we kept going. And we got done and he literally looked at his parents and said, I want to invest. And his parents came up to me and they're like, I can't believe you have my three-year-old interested in investing and learning all of these things. I'm continuing to keep in contact with them because I think he's going to do some pretty amazing things. But it was so nice to have a three-year-old that became interested because he got to hear us. What an amazing story. Literally, I didn't expect you to say a three-year-old investing. But again, you have sons who began investing at five and seven and have books. So this is not a fish out of water story. This is what you see on a regular basis, developing minds that are curious. I'm curious now. You get me really fired up over here just thinking about learning. What's hard for you nowadays? Because it looks like you've got it all figured out. You've got the kids are crushing in business. You guys are doing well in business. What's challenging for you, Lila? I think now that we've gotten into this whole new arena of trying to speak and teach and write, there's a lot to learn. I am learning right now how can you market a book and how can you get more speaking engagement so you can reach more people? How can you get the word out? How do you work on social media? My kids have been a godsend when it comes to Instagram because I'm not as technologically advanced as they are. So it's kind of nice when I can say, well, how do I do this? And they can just show me how to do it. But yeah, it's a whole new learning experience. So anytime you start in a new endeavor, there's going to be things you don't know. There's going to be things you get wrong. I've had plenty of Instagram that didn't get a lot of views. And I'm learning, what can I do with those that make them better, that make them more useful for people? It's all learning. All life is learning. It's a matter of how fast can you pick it up and how fast can you adjust to make it better? Can you tell us a little bit about Real Power Family, like your handles on Instagram, YouTube? Because I've seen them and they're amongst the top ones on my feed every day. And I'd love to share with our audience just what are some of the things that they might see on some of your channels that might serve our audience? We've put kind of a mismatch up there, a little bit of everything. We have some things where the kids are teaching and we're not. We have other things where we're teaching and you don't see the kids. And sometimes you get a combination where we're all together as a family trying to teach a particular lesson or concept. And really our goal is to inspire people. It's to get them to know that kids can do 
more than what adults would normally expect. So if they have a child that wants to get involved in something, like they can take the lead and start helping their child do whatever it is that dream is right now, not waiting till they grow up, but doing it right now. That's what I like to see. In my travels, I'm starting to learn more and more stories of these kids that are doing incredible things. And I've got a friend that I had met from Wyoming that her 10-year-old is going to close on her first rental property this month. And she's so excited. I'm learning stories about a nine-year-old that started a beauty business and an 11-year-old that created lollipops that are dental friendly. So you hear all these stories of all these different kids doing these creative, really cool things and succeeding at it. And I think those are not only inspirational for other kids, but for us adults that we want to do something too. And we look down and go, you know what, if you're doing it at 15, I should be able to do it at 30. And so I think it's important for us to hear those stories, but it's amazing how many things are going on in the world that we don't hear about all these amazing stories. So I'm trying to collect them so I can share them. I think getting that word out is going to help a lot more people. Yeah. How are we breaking through to people? Because you hit this very interesting topic is that these are amazing stories and they're not making the everyday news. The news is full of murders and all the bad stuff that's happening out there. Stuff that's not going to inspire us and give us hope. Stuff that's actually the opposite of your mission to inspire people. So how are you approaching learning this way of offering hope and inspiration when we're facing probably a big corporate news cycle that is the exact opposite of what your goals are. So how are you fighting that or winning that? Well, I'm doing what I recommend other people do when they want to learn something, which is find a mentor, somebody that has already Mm. accomplished what you want to do. Our mentor right now is Mark Victor Hansen because he sold billions of books. He has sold more books than all of them, except maybe the Bible. He already has that knowledge and that the concepts of how do you get the word out? How do you build that base? How do you get more books sold, more of the word out? How do you inspire more people? And he's amazing at it. You can't talk to this man for 10 minutes and not be completely inspired and energized and ready to go out and take on that next project. He is amazing. And so for anybody that wants to do something, if you don't know how to do it, find somebody that's already done what you want to do and learn from them. I love what you just said. I totally appreciate finding a mentor, of which I have a few. And I would like to proudly say that Mark Victor Hansen is also one of mine as well. And I remember meeting him and he initially was the person that introduced me to you and your family. So I appreciate that. And we're recording this right now, the first week, second week of March of 2023. I just signed my book deal with him in the last couple of days. We'll have our first book coming out this year with Mark's company. So He's definitely been inspirational. Anytime we can give a chance to shout him out or shout you guys out, I like to because you guys have been inspirational. So finding a mentor is paramount in the journey. Anything else that you're intentionally focused on to help achieve your mission of inspiring people? Any other avenues you follow or success principles that are important to you, Lila? Well, initially, what I wanted to do was be teaching kids about money and investing in business. And I've wanted to do that for many years. And I got the best opportunity ever when the guy that used to teach the Youth Academy at the National Real Estate Convention decided to retire. The lady that's in charge of running at Vena Jones Cox actually called my husband, Eric, and said, we need a new teacher for this class. And he stopped her right there. He goes, you want to talk to my wife? I talked to Vena and set it up. And now Devin, Ethan, and I all teach the Youth Academy, which is a great way for kids to get 
started learning about money and business and investing. It's not just about real estate, even though it's at the real estate convention, but it's a chance for us to reach some kids and teach them things that they're not learning in regular school. Normal school doesn't really teach you much about money, doesn't teach you about investing, doesn't teach you how to run a business. But these other ways of teaching, being able to get on Instagram or YouTube or even the Youth Academy at the National Real Estate Convention, this is our ways of trying to get that information out there. We're also working to get our books into the school system because all of the books, The Treehouse, The Garage, those are books about kids starting businesses. While they're fun to read, they also teach lessons. Kids want to learn in a way that's fun. Reading a fun book is a great way to learn. They don't realize they're learning the lessons, but they are as they're reading a book and having fun reading it. I'd love to get more things like that out there that are fun that kids can use to learn too. I love the way you said that, because how many people out there, I know I've been guilty of saying this many times, man, I wish they just teach this stuff at school. I never taught you how to balance the checkbook in school, never taught you about the danger of credit cards in school, never taught you about running a business unless you went to post-grad and then you learned about running business. And then they still didn't necessarily teach you and give you the experience. And I love what you're saying that you're teaching real life success principles around finance, around business, and you're teaching at such a young age that this is all our youth knows if they're learning from you. They are learning from the very beginning sound financial practices. I wonder, is there a dream or a vision that one day your face, and it doesn't have to be you necessarily, but your face or these principles are coming from your company, are you teaching in every school in the country at some point? Not yet. I've had enough people asking for it. I've started to take the curriculum that we used to teach our kids, the things I created, and turn them into a curriculum people can buy and use, whether their kids are going to a regular school and they teach it at home, or whether they're homeschooling, they want to include that as part of their curriculum at home. But it's just focused on the business and investing side of it, because it's the part you can't find. It's what's not out there in the market. It's what I looked for originally and couldn't find and still haven't to this day found a really good one. So I've just started to take everything we used with our kids and create something that will help other families teach these lessons. Even if maybe the parents, they don't even know necessarily all of the information, they can still take this and use it to teach their kids. And I've trying to make it as multifaceted as possible because kids learn in lots of different ways. Like the ways I taught Devin didn't work when I went to teach Ethan. They're different personalities. Devin's great at seeing something and knowing how to do it. If he can visualize it, if he can see a picture of it, he gets the concept. Ethan, if there isn't something physical involved, it's very difficult for him to learn. Like reading, I wrote about it in the book, but he bounced the entire time he learned how to read. All I could think of is how can you see any words on this page while you're moving so much? We had to come up with very physical things he could do with his hands. I would give him those little squishy balls or blocks to play with and roll around in his hands so he could sit still enough to see what was on the page. If I had put him in school, they'd have probably had him on some sort of medication to try to calm him down. But we just took it, you know, how can we teach this in a more physical way? And I still have to do that to this day. If I realize that he's not getting a concept, sometimes I have to look at how can we physically do this or what can I add in that's physical to go with it that helps teach the lesson. And sometimes it's a challenge because some of these things like reading that you don't think of that as a very physical activity. So how can you do that? So it becomes a challenge. And I kind of like solving those puzzles. And you have figured out something quite successfully because here you are 10 years in with Devin and he is a successful investor. And so is Ethan, both at a younger age than most. And let's frame it. Most people don't ever do any investing because they don't know how, or they don't know how to get started, or maybe there's some shame or some guilt or some fear 
that I might expose myself that I just, I don't know. I feel kind of dumb or I feel that I just, this passed me over. It's just not something I can learn. So what might you say to someone who maybe they're a parent, they're interested in having their kids learn, but maybe they have a little bit of shame or just there's some embarrassment that I haven't learned this yet. And I don't want to embarrass myself in front of others or my kids even. How do you help someone get into the pool if they don't know how to swim yet, Lila? Well, first of all, we all need to admit that none of us know it all. I don't know every answer. I love it when my kids ask a question I don't know the answer to because then we can literally go look it up together and go figure it out together. We take the kids with us to every learning conference we go to. I didn't know anything about investing in oil and gas. And we went to a conference and learned about all of that. And Devin actually started investing in an oil well after that because he had learned about it. But I didn't know anything about that going into that conference. We were actually learning together. So it's not about having every answer as a parent. It's about how can we find the answer or who can we talk to to find the answer? How can we learn it together? And honestly, that's the best way to get some great family time and for you both to learn something that can improve both of your lives. So why not take that opportunity to spend quality family time together doing something that now you have something to talk about, you have something in common, you've got a lot more that brings you together together. And so I think that's actually an opportunity, not a drawback at all. Oh, I love the way you frame it. I love it. You know, I'm, I'm the eternal optimist. Let's frame our challenges or things we don't know as opportunities to learn, as opportunities to improve, enhance, get better, share our experience. I love the way you frame it. I'm holding right now the family success triangle, showing it to the camera for those of you watching on YouTube or wherever you might be seeing this. Can you help us understand what was the inspiration behind this book that you and Eric authored together? And if I were to pick this up and start learning from it, what might be some of the things I'd learn, Lila? Our goal in writing it was to answer the question that we are asked all the time, which is, how did you get your kids to do this? The answer really is that you don't get your kids to do something, but you can help them do something. The way that we got our kids so successful was to teach them some of the lessons in the book. And what's nice is the lessons that helped our kids also helped us grow our business, also helped us be better at investing. So all these things integrated themselves together. People always talk about balance, about how you've got to balance your work life and balance your home. But if you learn how to integrate these things, suddenly you can come home from work and say, guess what I learned at work today? And here's something you can take into your life and hear how it might apply to what you're doing today. And wouldn't it be great if you could integrate all these parts so that it isn't all these separate categories that you're trying to keep separate. It's something that you've completely brought together and combined so that your life is so much better. Your business is so much better. Your kids are doing so much better. I think the lessons in there are applicable, whether you're trying to run a business, whether you're trying to raise your kids, whether you're trying to get started investing. Some of these lessons are ones that'll help all the people that are interested in these things. And I know that because some of the lessons that I used with my kids were things I learned at work because I was trying to run a team and not doing well at it. And then I would learn a lesson and I would bring it home. And all of a sudden it worked with my kids too. And things like motivation. When you're running a business, you think, oh, I'm going to hire this person and money's going to be their motivator. But money's not really a motivator. People, yeah, they need money to do certain things, but they have these dreams, these goals, these things they want out of their life. And if you can meet those needs, that's really what's motivating them. I took my lessons from that and brought it home to my kids. What's going to motivate my kids? And then I could figure out what's motivating them and help them 
to achieve what they wanted because I knew where their motivations were. It's lessons like that that work in both. You took a couple of ideas there and just gave us a couple of nuggets of wisdom. Let me recap, please, if I may, a couple of things. One, we don't get our kids to do things. We help them to learn. And that, the love of learning, is what gets them to do it. But we're not trying to manipulate or get them to do anything. We are promoting the love of learning and doing it with them. I think that's the lesson that you would share. That's what I'm hearing and feeling. That's number one. Number two, I think this is big, especially for the types of people that I coach out there, the recovering perfectionists, the highly functioning workaholics. You said that the goal is not balance, it's integration. And when you're integrated and you love it and the things in your life that you love, if you put it all together, then you can have this love of learning and everything. And it's not, I've got to go to the grind and go to the work and your life is all work. No, if you truly love it and you love learning, everything is learning. And that's the integration is to integrate learning into everything you do. At least that's the way I interpreted it. That is exactly it. Yes. Okay, good. So I love the some of the lessons that we're talking about is helping our families, helping our children to learn. And I love the idea of integration and the love of learning. Can you give us any social media links or any websites? How might we pick up your books? What are all the books? Just run down all the ways that we can find out more and follow this real power family, the Woolwinds. So our books are available on Amazon. We have The Family Success Triangle. He has his first book, If I Can Do It, So Can You. Ethan has his Treehouse book. Devin also has The Garage. If somebody is interested in seeing some of our Instagram lessons, we are at Real Power Family, both on Instagram and on YouTube and Rumble. We also have a website with lots of different information. We've got a newsletter that we give out free every week. And that is at clearskytrainer.com. On that same website, if there are kids that are interested in learning from other kids about business and investing, Devin and Ethan run a group called MIT, which stands for Millionaires in Training. They meet once a week through Discord on Mondays, and they are growing like crazy. They have kids joining from different countries. They've got kids that are everywhere from ages eight to 25, I think right now. And they have some people that have already purchased real estate, some that are just getting started and they talk on a multitude of topics. So if other kids are interested, the links are on clearskytrainer.com and then click on MIT and it will bring you there. This is amazing, Lila. And for all of our listeners out here, just imagine millionaires in training. I call this a mastermind taught by someone who are literally 15, 13 years of age, and they are living this lifestyle. They are investors. They know the ins and outs of real estate and other types of investing, gold, silver, Bitcoin, other types of investing, and the mindset behind it. It may feel like it's challenging to, to comprehend that a 15, 16 year old, 13 year old are able to run a mastermind about being a millionaire in training. They are this, they live this, they practice this. So it's not so unbelievable when you see that they've been doing it for a decade, which is more than most. So I love that we can get this message out there. And it's something that, by the way, I've met both Devin and Ethan, they are incredibly approachable and really easy to talk to. And they're not kids that are spoiled or snobby about 
this knowledge that they have, they are very generous and humble about it. So I think that anyone out there, check out Millionaires in Training. It's a great mastermind to get our kids involved early. My kids have talked about it, and I believe that you'll find us in there very soon. I say soon, by the time our soccer season's over, when we free up a little bit of extra time, I believe you'll find us in there very soon, Lila. Thank you for sharing these. I'd love to ask you a few questions I like to ask all of our guests and put you through our lightning round. Ding, ding, ding. Here we go. So the lightning round today, when I say eternal optimist or the concept eternal optimism, what does that mean to you, Lila? It means making the world a better place. Awesome. Awesome. And if there's a particular song or a movie, what might be a song and or a movie that inspire you or that get you into a place where you're warm and happy on the inside? What's your inspirational song or movie? Hall of Fame by the, I think it's the script. It is a fantastic inspirational song. Yes, yes, I've heard that one. I remember hearing that one in a commercial number of years ago. I've really enjoyed that one too. How about a movie or a show? Anything that you might watch or anything that connects with you that you find inspiring? From my perspective, I like Hidden Figures, which is about female calculators and NASA. It's historically based, but it inspires me to think differently and do more. Awesome. Have you found that because you're a female, that you've been underestimated in the real estate world and that this is something that you've had to work to overcome over time? In some circles, yes. Some of the local groups were a bunch of older gentlemen that hadn't really seen women doing investing. And so it was a little different when I came on the scene. Yes, I had to overcome what they thought I should be doing versus what I was doing. But if you continue at what you're doing and you're good at what you do, you can overcome their perception. So I just didn't let what they thought bother me. That says more about them than it will ever say about me. What a gracious answer. That was a really humble, gracious answer. Thank you. I'm glad I asked because you could have gone low. You could have hit beneath the belt. You could have said anything there. You could have made it sound like a complaint. I love the way that you frame things, Lila. You frame it as it's an opportunity for them to learn more. It's, it's okay. It's on them. And you didn't throw them under the bus. I just love the way that you responded. That's great. I believe that we create our own life. If you're going to write your own story, you might as well put it in a way that is happy and positive and benefits you. So write your story that way. Absolutely. Well, I would love to ask if there is a book outside of this family of books that we've just talked about, if there's a book or two that has inspired and taught you that is your go-to book, what might come to mind for you? The one that had the biggest impact for me was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And so if anybody mm. listening hasn't read that one yet, that is a great place to start. Thank you. Great. Well, you have done well in giving us an education today and sharing your humble story. And we appreciate it, Lila. I'd love to start to wrap things up here. And as we do, I always try to catch something real off the cuff here near the end. And since I know you and I know your family, I've had a chance to meet Eric, Devin, and Ethan. I'm curious, who is the most competitive person when it comes to playing the family board game? And what is that game that you guys play? We play Cashflow from Robert Kiyosaki. And Eric oh, and yes. Ethan are without a doubt, neck and neck, the most competitive <laughs> people in this game. And I don't care how many friends we have over playing with us. Those two take the cake every time for competition. Nice. Is there like a celebratory dance or a movement that either of them makes like a big fist bump or anything of that nature when they do win the big it property? It depends on how they're <laughs> or, or leave the the debt. It's usually some combination of 
something verbal and something physical. And usually if Ethan beats his father, he is thrilled. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Good. Lila, it's been a real pleasure and treat today. Just thank you so much. I honor you for coming on the show today and look forward to future interactions and just, yeah, real pleasure. With that, I'll leave the last word to you, Lila. For anyone out there who would like to get to know the Woolwin family and specifically get to know Lila better, Lila, what might be the simplest way or the easiest way to first make contact to show interest and get involved with one of your groups? I would say go to our website at clearskytrainer.com and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Then go out and make the world a better place. That's it, friends. Let's go out and make the world a better place. Thanks, Lila, for being on so much today. Thank you. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Eternal Optimist podcast. You can check the show notes for information about today's episode. And please share the show with that friend who is wanting to think bigger. We'll see you next time.